We continue today our series, The Radical Welcome, and today we go from the Gospel of Luke into the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is often called the boy weeping prophet. He was called at a very young age, and he said, but, 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 but what do I have to say to the people? And the Lord said, just go. <laughs> and oftentimes when Jeremiah went, he did not have good news for the people. And before he went to tell the people what thus said the Lord, Jeremiah wept. <laughs> he wept over what he was going to have to tell the people because it was indeed bad news. And today is no different. Last week we got to talk about joy, <laughs> unspeakable joy. What happens when what has been lost is found and what happens when we get to rejoice in the Lord always and what happens when joy overwhelms us. And yet today, we have to learn what to do when we sit with people who have not yet found their joy in Jesus Christ. So we started the Radical Welcome series. Pastor Walter kicked us off with a wonderful message about what it means to love all of God's people and to walk around embodying this love, this radical love, and, and that we can't welcome anybody if we can't get down into what it really means to, to love all of God's people. And, and the second week, we talked about what happens when we are radically transformed in the presence of God, right? Right? What happens when we are transformed and what happens when the whole body is transformed and that we have to be transformed both personally and corporately together for this thing to work, right? Right? And, 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 that, and t last week, Dr. Smothers taught us how to hold on to our joy because as the people of God, we are people of joy because we know what it means to be lost and we know what it means to be found. And once we are found, we rejoice in the Lord always. Amen? And once we get this love thing down... And once we are radically transformed, and once we get what it means to have joy, then we might be able to think about radically welcoming people. But we're not quite there yet. Because we can't radically welcome people until we are in radical solidarity with them.
So let's go to the prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, the weeping boy prophet Jeremiah. It's in the middle of your Bible, and we're going to Jeremiah, the eighth chapter, beginning in the 18th verse. And Jeremiah has been telling the people of God, he's been telling the Israelites, he's been telling Judah, depending on the translation of the Bible that you're using, he's been having to tell them that you've been enjoying the favor of the Lord, but you've misused it. And you've abused it. And the Lord is fed up with you. And there's going to be some consequences for your actions. And it's going to start in the temple. And Pastor Walter just told you what a prophet is, so we don't have to revisit that. But the prophet speaks on behalf of the Lord. And Jeremiah, the weeping boy prophet, says these words today. You who are my comfort in sorrow, my heart is faint within me. Listen to the cry of my people. From a land far away, is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king no longer there? Why have they aroused my anger with their images, with their worthless foreign idols? The harvest is past. The summer has ended. And we are not saved. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn and horror grips me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep night and day for the slain of my people. This is the word of God. For the people of God, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. So blow a fresh wind and a fresh fire through us and among us and through the internet waves to those who are listening live and later. Oh God, come down and speak to us. Speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls so that when we hear these words, oh God, we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is you 
and that you have loved us, you have transformed us, you have filled us with joy, and you have sat with us in solidarity, that you have welcomed us into your presence, oh God, in radical ways, so that we might welcome your people. Now speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls, and hide this your servant behind that old rugged cross. So that everything that is said and that everything that is heard comes straight from you, O oh God. This is your servant's prayer. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. There's an old Negro spiritual that says, There is a balm in Gilead. <laughs> it says, There is a balm in Gilead. To make the wounded whole, there is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin. But today, the prophet Jeremiah asked the question, is there a bomb in Gilead? And he doesn't answer the question for us. He says, is there a bomb in Gilead? And so we have to back up a little bit and unpack that. What is a bomb and where is Gilead? <laughs> you see, Gilead was a region in Judah that was known for its medicinal properties. It would be the place where, Dr. Bob, where all the smart physicians were, where the leading doctors of the time lived, and where you went if you really wanted to be healed and where you went if you really wanted to be made whole because if you could just get to Gilead then there was some potion there or some medical mind there or some balm something that you could put on your wound something that you could put on your scar something that you could put on your battle's wound something that you could put on your back something that you could put on your hip something that you could put on your knee something that would fix whatever was ailing you if you could just get to Gilead before the Israelites all of a sudden it says, if God has abandoned them. The people that have enjoyed the favor of God, all of a sudden, everything is crashing and burning. All of a sudden, God is not saving them. All of a sudden, God is not making a way out of no way. All of a sudden, everything is hitting the fan and things are not working out and they are not being excused 
abused for their bad behavior and they are not being fixed from whatever they broke and all of a sudden they wonder where is God? Because they've been allowed to do whatever they want to do. And there has been no consequence. The worst of the abusers have been the temple leaders. They've taken the goodness of God for granted. And now they are reaping what they have sowed. And Jeremiah and the Lord Almighty are lamenting. They're lamenting. They are weeping. They are grieving over the state and the destruction. Of the people. This scripture should strike a chord for every generation. If you sit around any family function or any intergenerational gathering, you can hear it. If you just lean in, if you just sit with each generation, you've heard this very scripture being discussed. If you'll just sit there quietly. Oh, those young people. They're going to hell in a handbasket. They had taken us right on to hell. I don't know what we're going to do with them. They don't know God. And maybe not in those words, but in different words. We've said those, the words of the prophet Jeremiah about every generation below us because they don't do it the way we've done it. And we believe that they're destroying us because they don't see it the way we see it. And their behavior is destroying the moral fiber of our nature and our nation, and our faith, and our churches, and we say, where, what is happening to us? And yet, what Jeremiah is teaching us here, what the prophet is teaching us here is, it's time to lament, but it is also time to be in solidarity. Well, what is solidarity, preacher? <laughs> solidarity is not quite unity. It's not quite oneness. It's not quite togetherness. But 
Solidarity is when we have something in common that is so knit together that we share a common truth. We share a common identity. Solidarity is when we are so much put together that we look at each other and we're like, yeah. This happened to me yesterday. I was at a delegation meeting with several North Georgia United Methodists, and all of a sudden I found myself in a corner during a break. And I was just talking to my friends. And just talking to my friends, I didn't notice anything about it. And somebody else walks by and says, there's the brain trust of the North Georgia Conference. Everybody be careful. Don't interrupt them. If you leave them alone for five minutes, they'll figure out the world's problems. It's the Spellman women. There's something about those Spellman women. You put them together. We didn't know each other at Spellman. We're all different in graduating classes, but we know each other when we see each other. There's something about the way we walk, and there's something about the way we talk, and there's something about the DNA in us that has been put us to, has been put in us through our education at these Spellman in college that we are in solidarity together that when we look at each other we know we are the Spellman women <laughs> Apple fans are the same way <laughs> not those of you who own iPhones but tried and true Apple fans, these are the people who watched the, the, uh, the launches before they happened. They, they watch the, the, geek, um, the geek interviews. They know about all the technology. They know what your phone has on the inside and the outside. They know what your, when your phone came out, what's going to come out afterwards. They got their phone in the mail on Friday. You didn't even know there was a new phone. There's one sitting on my desk. There's Apple fangirls, Apple fanboys, you know, there's the Apple cult. They know each other when they see each other, and y'all are looking at me like, and I'm getting really excited. <laughs> Solidarity is to share something in common so deeply that you know that you know that you know that you know that you are together. And it's really hard to welcome somebody. I mean, to really radically welcome the people of God when we don't understand how to be in solidarity with each other. See, I don't agree with everything that my Spellman sisters say and do. But they know I've got their back no matter what. I don't agree with everything the Apple fanboys say and do. 
But man, if an Apple fan girl or boy shows up on the front steps of Atlanta First United Methodist Church, I got a charger for him. <laughs> and we definitely have a lot to talk about. The prophet Jeremiah. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. Since my people are in trouble, I am in trouble. Since my people are not saved, I am not saved. If there is no bomb in Gilead for my people, there's no bomb in Gilead for me. Radical solidarity means that we're in this thing together. That I can't live if you don't live. That if you die, I die. That I need you in order to survive. Viktor Frankl was an Austrian psychiatrist and neurologist. And um, he's widely known for his work in the third, they call it the third school of psychiatry. Um, but he's also known for being a Holocaust survivor. Um, and his life's work was centered around suicide prevention and helping people survive trauma. And this came out of his time in a concentration camps. And while he was in concentration camps, he lost his father and his mother and his wife, all of whom he watched die while they were in concentration camps. And countless others. And he wrote that he observed that the people who died in those concentration camps, they had families, they had lives to live, but the people who lived, something was different about them. He said that the people who lived, they seemed to have a deep meaning, a deep connection, a deep reason that they were determined to live for. They were the ones who survived. They had a solidarity about them, a connection that pushed them to survive. He said that everything can be taken from a person but one thing, and that's choice. Choice of an attitude in any given situation. 
He said that when we are no longer able to change the situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And that's really what solidarity is about. That's what radical solidarity is about. It's about changing ourselves so that we are so connected to one another that we have to have each other's breath to live. Because when the people of God live in solidarity, we give each other meaning and a reason to keep on keeping on. You see, we have a suicide epidemic in this country because we've allowed each other to become unlinked from one another. Because I can do it by myself. I got this. I'm strong, I'm mighty, I'm independent, I am. And I don't have to understand you because my way is the right way, and you better understand me. And yet, for the people of God, we're called to live counterculturally. We're called to live in solidarity with each other in such that we earn this solidarity, that we earn the right to say, I need you. How do we earn it? Those battle scars. <laughs> I'm out there fighting with you. <laughs> By seeking to understand each other. I don't get this. But I'm here. <laughs> and by a willingness to listen. You know, I think we'd be in a better place and we'd understand each other as the people of God if we just stop and listen. I think one of the places where we, we could do this is in the Black Lives Matter movement. We, we have Black Lives Matter over here. Everybody lives matter over here. Somebody lives matter over here. Somebody lives matter over here. Somebody lives matter over here. All right, every life that God created matters, but can we listen to each other? Can we seek to understand? Can we get battle scars fighting with each other in solidarity because God has called us to radically love each other, to be radically transformed with each other, to live in radical joy with each other so that we can radically transform each other. So that we can earn the fact to get to Gilead together. So we can say, there is a bomb. 
in Gilead to heal this sin-sick soul. Radical solidarity requires a shared truth. There's no cheap grace here. I don't get to say I'm in solidarity with you just because I showed up. I don't get to say I'm in solidarity with you just because I showed up with friends at the front door. Just because I brought a couple of cans of green beans. Just because I put $5 in the offering plate. You're required to do that through the grace of God. A shared truth is more like I am crushed because you are crushed. I'm struggling because you are struggling. I am kneeling because your children are being shot in the streets. I am seeking to understand because you are devastated. The prophet Jeremiah in the living, New Living Translation says, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. Listen to the weeping of my people. God is calling us to listen to the weeping of God's people. The people asked, has the Lord abandoned Jerusalem? Is the Lord still on the throne? Is the king still in Zion? Is there still a God? Does God care about you and about me? Does the church care about the people? These are the questions that I'm asked every day by the people that come to our front doors and walk in the streets, by gay people and straight people and trans people and yellow people and red people and black people and white people and any kind of people that exist. Beloved people of God, does the church care? Does your church welcome me? I don't know. Do you? Are you in radical solidarity with God's people?
here's what I want to tell them. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. The good news is we know the rest of the story. <laughs> the good news is we know that Jesus Christ comes to give us life and give it to us in abundance and that Jesus is the bomb in Gilead. But the question remains, are the people of God ready to be Jesus with skin on? The question remains, are you in radical solidarity with the people of God? See, we talk about love all the time, and we think we've got that down, and we talk about radical transformation all the time, and that feels good to us. And we can light a candle, uh, we can light a fire under ourselves about that because we can get some really good, good results around that and we can make ourselves feel really good about transformation and joy you know joy just makes me happy so I'll talk about that all day long but radical solidarity mm, that's work but if we're going to be the people that God has called us to be People who radically welcome all of God's people. Then we've got work to do. Because the bomb in Gilead is not just for you. The bomb in Gilead is for 